Hey, it's Mike Gill from Believe in Eagles. Don't forget, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the Believe in Eagles podcast. And make sure you check back to the Believe in Eagles feed each and every day for the very best on the Eagles. Here's today's conversation. We'll look at the Eagles as they get ready for Tampa. The latest news there. Brian Johnson is going to get an interview with the Carolina Panthers. How realistic is it that he uh, gets hired? We laughed when Gannon got interviews and Shane Steichen got interviews. They both got hired. John McMullen, Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Longtime Eagles reporter. He's brought to you by the Gallery Bar Book and Games at Ocean Casino Resort. Go to the Gallery. Go to Ocean. Go for the win. For more info, visit theoceanac.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. As we look at this order of business, Eagles and Buccaneers Monday night, and of course, it's the super wild card matchup, but a lot of people looking at other things other than just the game. Let's bring John McMullen into the conversation. John, you know, you and I were discussing this just a couple of hours ago. Brian Johnson, he's going to get an interview with the Carolina Panthers. Is this one of those interviews uh, that is a realistic possibility um, or how do you view Brian Johnson? Because I think a lot of people pretty surprised that Brian Johnson is getting a head coaching call potentially. Uh, not me. I, I mean, I, I think he was going to get multiple. Now, it's probably scaled back because of the way the Eagles finished uh, finished the season. But, uh, yeah, Carolina, I kind of cheated with Jody. That was kind of in my back pocket. Uh, I, I was told, you know, they almost hired him to be their offensive coordinator uh, last year. And the Eagles kind of said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to elevate them when they lose Shane Steichen. So, uh, Steve Wilkes was uh, the interim coach and was very hopeful to get the job and some say very close and he was going to hire Brian, but didn't work out. Um, and yeah, I mean, once you get in that door, so to speak, um, you know, and you can convince people and, and, and come across well, hopefully, um, you never know. Um, you know, not a lot of people thought Nick Sirianni was going to be a head coach. So, you know, he got in front of Jeffrey Lurie and he won him over. Uh, so it's always possible. And obviously, you know, the focus there will be the best option available to help Bryce Young uh, turn into a, a, a big-time quarterback. And if he can convince some people, um, yeah, I mean, it's always it's always a possibility once you get that meeting in front of people. So he's a guy who's lauded for his work with quarterbacks. Uh, you know, he's a quarterback's coach, and he's a young guy, 36 years old. But what would you say, John, are the strengths of Brian Johnson in this offense with this team? I know everybody likes to pile on what it's bad, but what are some of the qualities that a team like Carolina is looking at in Brian Johnson that maybe Eagle fans are overlooking? Yeah, I mean, he's well. He's been well regarded around the league for a while now. So it's not just about you know this season. Um, I, again, he was he was on the radar. You know, Green Bay at one point uh, wanted to speak with him um, with Carolina. So you know, he was he was an up and comer um, for an offensive coordinator job for for a while, um, and and people had his name sort of 
checked off from that perspective. And then you're very close from, from that standpoint, but certainly, yeah, I mean, it's always about, you know, I always say it's not about X's and O's. It's about leadership. It's about how you deal with people, how you manage people, um, how you come across, you know, what kind of plan do you have? People like, you know, Andy Reid's a big part of it. It seems like Andy Reid is a big part of everything when it comes to NFL coaching since since he burst onto the scene with the Eagles way back in 99. And people still talk to the, this day about how he pulled the Eagles over with his um, his his plans and his his he had everything in place. He, he, he explained who he wanted to hire for a staff. He explained his schedules, um, just logistics and e- even things like that. So he came across very, very ready to manage uh, a program and manage people. Uh, and I think that's the bigger part, whereas everybody gets hyper-focused on you know, what we always talk about, play calling, play calling. <laughs> I mean, nobody, you know, it, it's not, that's not the most important part of that job. Uh, John McMullen is with us here as we take a look at the Eagles from Birch 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You know, a month ago, things seemed all right. They were 10-1. and one. Their offense was fourth rushing, fourth passing. What in the last month? that has caused them to take such a drop stands out to you. What is the most noticeable thing? If they were fourth and rushing, fourth and passing, 10 and one, they were scoring, what, 25 points a game. We just look back over the last month. What, in your mind, offensively, let's start there, has changed so drastically? Well, I, I think the biggest change, really the only change uh, offensively is, is the turnovers, if you take the whole season. Um, you know, and obviously that encompasses the good, the bad, the indifferent. Um, you know, last year they were third in the league in offense. This year they ended up number eight at the end of the regular season. Still a top 10 offense. Um, you know, A.J. Brown, again, you know, 1,480 yards, 1,450 yards. Uh, um, Devontae Smith, 1,000, 1,000. Last year was Miles Sanders. This year was DeAndre Swift. Very, very similar five uh, Pro Bowl offensive linemen or Pro Bowl alternates both years, which is unheard of uh, to do it, and they did it two consecutive years. Um, so it's very similar except for the turnovers and, and the inability to take care of the football as much as they had in the past from the offensive perspective, obviously as a whole for the team, they also didn't take it away enough, but, and, and even if you just boil it down to Jalen hurts, 15 interceptions, uh, five fumbles on top of it that he gets credited with. So that's 20, that's over, you know, a hundred percent of what he did last year, which I believe was six interceptions and two fumbles. So, um, that, that to me is the biggest difference. And you think if you don't turn it over, how much more yardage is piling on if you, and, and those particular drives, and you would have ended up very close, maybe even better than you were last season. But the fact that they weren't able uh, to take care of the football as well, I think is the, the really the lone, 
the loan issue from a, a macro perspective. Now, there were terrible games, obviously week 18 and, you know, but that's one I'll flush for the reason of, and I know that's the recency bias everybody's looking at. Oh, how could you play that bad against the New York Giants? Well, we know the situation. Uh, yeah, very unlikely Dallas is going to lose to Washington. The Eagles tried to couch everything. Oh, this guy's playing. This guy's not playing. If, if we're in the game, if they're losing, we'll continue to play. But if they're not, we're not going to play. Well, that seeps into the mentality. So I think it's fair to flush that game. Uh, but there's still struggles, and, and whether it's Seattle or, or Arizona, I, I still say it's more defensively, but it, it could have been cleaner. But Well, speaking of top clean. 10 top 10. Speaking of clean, uh, Brian Johnson was asked today about the last six games and that the offense hasn't been firing all cylinders. And what has he seen from Jalen Hurts? And he said, to be completely honest with you, I think Hurts has been playing some really, really clean football in terms of what he's seeing, what he's processing, how he's looking at it. Would you concur? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. But, you know, it, it's interesting, coaches, from the perspective of, of you know, protecting players. You know, if, if you don't protect players, you're terrible. You're throwing guys under the bus. If you do protect players, you're terrible because you're not telling the truth. So it, it's a tough line to walk. Um and we all know, you know, I'll bring up Andy again, got to do a better job, got to do a better job. Now you see it with veteran coaches all the time. Matt Patricia's is a, a big guy. Got to do a better job. Everything's on me. Everything's on me. Nobody believes it, it but it's kind of baked in of that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to protect the players. Go back to Seattle. Nick Sirianni made himself look bad by protecting the players um, on, on that final interception. Um, so you can't win, you know, but no, obviously he hasn't played as well as he played last season. Um, and, and I just mentioned the biggest part of that is the turnovers. But if you look at just the numbers, yeah, his passing numbers are a little bit up. He, he, he hit a career high in passing yards. Um, he's a little bit down in running yards, uh, because I think he was trying to very focused, trying to get through 17 games, you know, maybe was a little bit more cautious. I think things will open up in the playoffs. I think you'll see more of the old Jalen Hurts when it comes to running the football. Um, you know, he had some very good moments. Passer rating last year was over 100. This year it's in the high 80s. So clearly he hasn't been as good, but most of that, again, can be tied to the turnovers. John, um, Pro Football Focus ranked the Eagles' offensive line as the number one offensive line in football. Um, is that a state of the line play in the league, or do you think that they've had a really good year again? Both. I, I mean, they had a really good year, um, and, yeah, the state of the, the NFL. There's not a lot of great offensive lines. I believe Detroit was number two, probably rightfully so. But I just mentioned, you know, they're 10 for 10 over the past two seasons. Guys either getting Pro Bowl nods or being Pro Bowl alternates. This year, Camp Jurgens instead of Isaac Sayamalo, that's the only difference. Um, 
Is there some reputation involved in that? Maybe a little bit because I didn't think Cam was at that level as a first-time starter, but he's still a solid player. Uh, Jordan played very well. Lane played very well. Jason uh, played very well. Landon played very well. I mean, yeah, it's the best offensive line in football. It's fair. Um, Everybody knows it. Um, And, you know, that remains the strength. Uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles, the biggest strength of yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, and, and then, you know, you got the best offensive line. You got Brown, Smith, Dallas, Swift, and Hertz. Is it not perplexing that we're having conversations about the offense? Yeah. I, well, especially how bad the defense is. I, the defense, you know, the offense fell a little bit through, as I said, from three to 20, uh, three to eight. Um, and and most of that you can trace directly to the turnovers. And if they don't, if they have the similar take care of the football, and there's some randomness to that, and perhaps we should have expected worse numbers and turnovers. That kind of explains the slight downtick on on offense. Defensively, number two to number twenty six, uh, that is a free fall. Um, and they're 31st in third down offense, 30th in red zone uh, defense, excuse me, 31st in red zone, uh, 31st in third down defense, 30th in red zone. So they're a disaster in situational football, which is exactly what Nick Sirianni tries to emphasize. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe we're talking so much about the offense, but. Well, maybe I I agree with you, John. It is perplexing because this defense, you know, we talk about the offense because they have really good players on it. And I think we almost say, hey, how come this offense um, can't put together more drives and more points and be this uh, well talked about unit that it's that it's not, you know, it's not as dominating as maybe we think it should be. But you're right, because the defense has been. Uh, absolutely downright rotten. Um, and I don't know that Matt Patricia shared anything today that would make you feel any differently. I guess he did say that he might play Ringo and Ricks and 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 get those guys mixed in. But, um, man, we talked about it, I think, uh, on Monday. There's not personnel decisions you can really change on this defensive thing. You're just going into Monday – I guess hoping that some of these players feel more comfortable in their roles. Is, is that what we have to go on? Yeah. I mean, that's what I, you know, you're going to get slay back. Um, and, and, but there might be some rust because you weren't able to get them back in the regular season. You know, if you look at Zach Cunningham coming back from his injury, he did not play well. Uh, so there was some rust there, but hopefully now that he's gotten back, maybe that slows down a little bit and maybe he's back to uh, more of his normal self. Um, Avante Maddox has been slowly ramping up. He hasn't played like himself since he's come back from the torn pack. Maybe he gets closer. That That is all I've been hanging a hat on, so to speak, for the past couple of weeks is those guys getting back in the lineup and improving things at least a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Ringo. I, I've actually been very impressed with Ringo. Um, I, I think he's been one of the few bright spots since he's had to go in there and he's shown 
some of the things the Eagles valued, his speed, his length, his physicality. And Rex is, is proven to be a, a pretty solid cover guy for a rookie, but to me he struggles in the other aspects. He's not very physical. So, so I'm higher on Ringo from that perspective. But, yeah, there's not a lot. I mean, Nolan Smith, I think, has not been good as a, as a rookie first-round pick. We've talked about Carter and Davis hitting the wall a little bit. And, and maybe just the the higher stakes helps guys like that try to push through it and maybe get better performances by them. Josh Schwett's another guy who I think has played a career high in snaps, really just shattered his career high and maybe he's played too much and maybe the added stakes makes them push a little bit harder, push through it. But yeah, there's not a lot tangible to say, oh, if they do this well. I mean, it just hasn't been good. Yeah. Do you think, John, do you think that at this point, Patricia is trying to serve two masters? In other words, try – he didn't really – he's not a master in size defense, so he's trying to weave some of his principles in on the fly here and that that has caused this? Um, maybe I know everybody focuses on the uh, Hassan Reddick um, dropping in the coverage, and you know, I mean, they lost their. It's they lost. You remember, Mike? They lost their minds when he dropped in the coverage last year with with Jonathan Gannon, and you know, we had to point out, look, you have to do that sometimes. I I, I make the comparison to a, a pitcher in baseball. I mean. Nolan Ryan, maybe the greatest fastball pitcher of all time. He didn't throw all fastballs. You can't just throw it. No matter how good you are, it, people catch up. So you got to throw a curveball. You got to mix it up. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to show somebody a different look. So, and then you have this cottage industry, and all these guys are tremendous. I'm not trying to pick on them, but you know whether it's Orlovsky or or, or uh, Baldy or or you know, anybody else, uh, Emmanuel Acho does a tremendous job. You know, you, you can pick out one play to prove anything, you know, but that's what TV is, right? You can't, you can't break down all 60 plays with the defense. They've been out there 75. You can't break down all, all 75 plays, but if you show one play with a son Reddick dropping into coverage and he doesn't look good, all of a sudden, it blows up on, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Oh, they're dropping us on. I mean, you know, it, it's, you've got to be careful with that stuff. But o- over, over a, a full season, this defense has not been good. It's not been good with Sean Desai. It's not been good with Matt Patricia. It's arguably gotten worse with Matt Patricia. I think the Eagles made a mistake. I think you got to let Sean grow into the position. Obviously, that uh, horse has left the barn. There's nothing he can do at that point. There's nothing Matt's going to do to fix these issues. This is about being serviceable and hoping the offense wins games. That's what the playoffs are about. Uh, you got to be serviceable and let the offense win the game. Yeah, I mean, if the defense is serviceable, I think I'd be okay with that. If you told me, Mike, they're going to be serviceable – 
I think I could yeah, say that's the upside. You got a shot, right? You got a shot then if they're serviceable. Um, you know, I'm not asking them to give me a 17 point game. Can you give me 21? If you give me 21 to 24, I got a shot to win that game. They're giving up in the 30s against bad football teams. Now, you know, the game against Seattle, I guess they played pretty well. I mean, can I get that effort? Can I get that effort against Seattle? Against uh, uh, you know Tampa, I, I mean you lose at Tampa, you well, might start. Yeah, Tampa's not explosive, so right. that 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 helps as well. So you might you know you might even get a fired up fan base coming out of that game. That's not what I'm realizing. saying. But if you beat Tampa, Tampa's not right. very good. <laughs> if you beat Tampa, I don't know that you could do anything be- beating Tampa that will change anybody's mind. We'll see. I don't know. You go out there win thirty eight three. That might get people re fired up here, but. Um, uh, we got a couple more days to look at it because obviously uh, Brian Johnson making news today. He's getting an interview with the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, a lot of people thought it would be Sean Desai early in the year because you look back yeah, now, John. I somebody thought it would be Jay. <laughs> How about we're far from that? Huh? Well, you yeah. look back now and say what Sean Desai was able to do with this defense for a half a season, he might have been a miracle worker. Yeah, that first game in Tampa, actually, I, you know, they were that might have been their best game. That might have been their best game of the year as a as a when you look at for the so called complete game, which doesn't yeah. exist. But well, they, uh, that game they gave they up got. fourteen to the Rams, who were were a little short handed uh, that day. The seventeen they gave up to Miami. They played well. I know Miami was a little banged up as well. Uh, so they the, the the Kansas City game. Uh, he was still the coordinator at Kansas City. I'm talking City. complimentary. The offense played well. The defense played well. They they played really well against Tampa. Well, they'll get a chance um, to play Tampa again on Monday night. And, of course, uh, that game right here on 97.3 ESPN. Johnny Mack, we've got a couple more days to kind of talk about it, break it down. We'll talk more about the defense uh, and, and obviously, Matt Patricia's unit, what they can do over there. But a look at the offense today uh, as they get ready to try to carry this team as far as they can go right here. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Believe in Eagles right here on the Believe Network. Don't forget, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast feed for the very best in Eagles coverage right here on the Believe in Eagles Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.